Welcome to the Naked Truth. Peace to you. We're in the book of Leviticus. That's the third book in the Bible in the Old Testament. So in case you've read with me, if you've read with me before, you know, if you know your Bible, you know, this won't be any red letters. It won't be anything Jesus said, although it may be something Jesus reflects back on, but we're covering it. We cover the Old Testament and other teachings and things in the Bible on our Mondays and Wednesday, Monday and Wednesday readings to see why we should because they point to why we should focus on what Jesus has to say if you're going to call yourself a Christian since that's who should get the last word since it's named after him so that being said we're in the book of Leviticus chapter 15 let's begin with verse 1 and this is kind of a saucy chapter it talks about body fluids and you know that's sort of the preface the 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 to getting to some of the more um explicit aspects of Old Testament religions, or at least one of them, or some of them. So anyway, let's go on. Leviticus chapter 15, verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, and I'll just say it now, just because maybe your first time reading with me, um, that contradicts, that very verse right there contradicts other parts of the Bible that says, uh, no one's heard God's voice, uh, no one's seen his form at any time. So uh, the Lord's voice, so how it's possible both to be true, like I said before, it may be because maybe there's some sort of unexplained device that's being used. Other than that, I can't understand at all how, um, you know, unless there's some other intermediary that we're not, uh, that's not clear. How is it one part of the Bible says they're talking, having conversations with eating with the Lord, even in some places and in other places in the Bible say uh, otherwise. So choose what you want to believe. If you're a Christian, I'd say lean on what Jesus says and what the gospels say. And um, they don't say this. Um, Verse two, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when any man has a discharge from his body, his discharge is unclean. So you can imagine what kind of discharges a man, a male can have um, from their body. And um, it's making it clear whenever that happens, it's unclean. It doesn't say uh, if if you're married or not, if you're LGBT or not. If you're uh, solo when you're when you have that discharge or with someone or not, it says whenever you have that discharge, it's unclean. Verse three, and this shall be his uncleanness in regard to his discharge, whether his body runs with his discharge or his body is stopped up by his discharge. It is his uncleanness. So it's talking specifically about it sounds like some sort of um urinary tract infection generally females get those but males can get them too but they're usually not utis they're usually some sort of other like std or sti some sort of other sexually transmitted infection but it's not always sexually transmitted that's not the only things that can cause those discharges cancers can cause discharges like that and all sorts of other problems that your body can cause you to have a discharge but it's making it clear if you're having one of those discharges it's considered unclean and verse three and this shall be his uncleanness in regard to his discharge whether it's oh sorry read that one already verse four every bed is unclean on which he who has the discharge lies and everything on which he sits shall be unclean so it's letting you know it's pretty clear if you're having that discharge um it's unclean and anything you sit on or sleep on is also unclean and that's presumably because uh like when you're sleeping that part of your body can flip flop around if it's of a certain if it's sizable enough and even if it's tiny 
it's going to brush up against things. That discharge is going to come out and come in contact with other things. And in that sense, makes them unclean also. And you could think about it even beyond the sexual connotation of what may be discharged. Because sometimes there's, um, what's the technical word for pre-ejaculate, I guess would be the word for when you may be leaking. You might get excited and you aren't to the 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 crescendo yet where you have an orgasm but you're building up to that and you can start leaking and dripping and that sort of thing sometimes many times that's also the sign of an sti an std if you have that dripping leaking constantly even if you're not sexually about to be sexually active or sexually engaged if that's happening that's usually a sign that there's an infection there because you aren't generally supposed to be leaking like that as a male um but whatever the case may be it's making it clear if whatever that person comes in contact with is also considered unclean verse 5 and whoever touches his bed shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until evening so it's saying the uncleanness spreads to whoever comes in contact even with the sheets with the bed with whatever it is that person has slept on or touched or come in contact with you also become unclean in that sense and it sounds like a surgical ward where you everything has to be sterile and or at the very least i guess not surgery it has to be sterile for surgeries but um you'd also like it to be hygienic and so if you're coming in contact with things that someone has uh let loose their body fluids on and say it's dried and you don't know it that thing is still unclean and in many cases it can still be infectious so you may catch that infection and not even realize it coming in contact with the discharge that was there or is there you just don't know it so it's saying when when you do come in contact with it, you have to bathe and um, wash your clothes. And then you also still are considered unclean. Verse 7, And he who touches the body of him who has the discharge shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until evening. So if you come in contact with the person physically, if you come in contact with their garments, if you come in contact with their couches and beds, you're also considered unclean. Verse 8, if he who has the discharge spits on him who is clean, then he shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until evening. So even if you come in contact with the person with that discharge's saliva, then that also makes you unclean. You have to do the same thing. Wash your clothes, bathe yourself, and still be unclean until evening. Evening being the beginning of a new day. Since if you go by the Bible, it was darkness before there was let there be light. There was already darkness. So there was already a night before there was a light. And um, so the new day in this religion and I guess by the Bible goes day to goes from night to day to mark the days, not from day to night. Um, so once the evening comes, it's considered a new day. And presumably the unclean, unclean state that the person is in um, terminates with that evening um, because that's the start of a new day and again this is all ritual but it's also not a bad idea as far as hygiene to avoid people's discharges and bodily fluids unless that's your thing and if that's your thing better be careful because it can be very infectious and carry lots of different things in it besides the current pandemic that's going on but um, 
So it's saying if someone spits on someone and spitting on someone doesn't necessarily have to be an, um, a vulgar thing. You can spit on someone doing other activities that the person is perfectly okay with. Um, and it's in that sense, it still is considered unclean if that person is someone with that discharge. And presumably that's because that discharge is caused by some infection. If it's not just, an, I mean, if it's not another type of discharge, but if it's an infectious discharge, then it's possible that infection is also in their saliva, in that body fluid, just like it's in those other bodily fluids. Verse 9, any saddle on which he who has the discharge rides shall be unclean. So whether it's a couch, clothes, or a saddle, it's unclean. Verse 10, whoever touches anything that was under him, who him shall be unclean until evening. He who carries any of those things shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until evening. So just like the other uh, instances, even coming in contact with those things makes you the one who come in con- who came in contact with it also unclean. Verse 11, and whomever the one who has the discharge touches and has not rinsed his hands in water, he shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until evening. So again, if you come in contact with the person who has that discharge, you're considered unclean until evening. And it says bathe, wash, clean yourself. Another good idea in general, wash your rest of and hands. Make it a regular thing. Verse 12, the vessel of earth that is that he who has the discharge touches shall be broken and every vessel of, of wood shall be rinsed in water. So it's talking about contact exposure, even from the um, surfaces that those are considered also unclean, a.k.a. infectious, contagious, contaminated. So that if that's the case, if it's an earthen vessel, say like a clay pot, it has to be broken so that the disease doesn't spread with everyone else touching it um, or whatever it is that's causing discharge doesn't spread. And then it says, and if it's of wood, wash it. So like a wooden bowl or whatever else it may be, wash that. It doesn't have to be burned, in other words. Verse 13, and when he who has a discharge is cleansed of his discharge, then he shall count for himself seven days for his cleansing, wash his clothes, and bathe bathe his body in running water. Then he shall be unclean. So it wasn't clear when they mentioned running water with the sacrifices in the previous chapter why when they kill one bird and let the other bird free that the one bird that gets set free has to also be um or one of them has to be washed in that running water also i think that's in this uh, I, I mean what would make sense but it may not be the case would be you don't want to use uh still water you don't want to just be dipping infectious things in some contain uh, continually dipping infectious things in uh one still pot of water because uh, that pot of water will be, become pretty reek really fast and be nothing but a pot of germs real soon, real fast. So I think that's the significance of the running water part. Um, but it's saying once the person is cleansed of that discharge, uh, whether it's penicillin or whatever else they're dealing with, uh, used to deal with the discharge, um, once that's once that's cleared up, count those seven days. So remain isolated for those seven days or, um, you know, socially distance for those seven days to um, reach that clean state. And when it says clean, it means ritually, spiritually clean. It doesn't necessarily mean medically clean. 
verse 14. On the eighth day, he shall take for himself two turtle doves or two young pigeons and come before the Lord to the door of the tabernacle meeting and give them to the priest. So after he's gotten the cleansing, um, this is where you have to dig into your pockets and um, make it right with the religion. And that, like I said before, it's like getting a speeding ticket or a jaywalking citation or whatever the case may be. The law enforcement, the religious law enforcement knows of your condition, knows that you've offended, whether intentionally or not, in being contagious or infectious or unclean, in other words, that once you are cleansed, then you have to go break off the religion. You have to go there with the uh, offering that they require and give it to the priest. Verse 15, then the priest shall offer them the one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering. So the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord because of his discharge. So if it's the same way of the burnt offerings that we've read about previously, that doesn't mean that the thing has to necessarily be burnt to a crisp. Instead, it just means it has to be put to fire like a barbecue so that the um, uh, the birds will be killed, sacrificed, slaughtered, um, and then taken, put to the fire, put to the oven, barbecued, whatever the case may be, whatever is going to happen to it, that that's how it's to be handled. Verse 16, if any man has an emission of semen, then he shall wash all his body in water and be unclean until evening. So that's another discharge that a male can have uh, when you uh, ejaculate orgasm. And again, like I said, that can happen solo or can happen with someone or can happen with the group. Um, or whatever the case may be, it's saying whenever it happens, then it's considered unclean and you should wash your body in water and still be unclean until evening. Good advice to wash. I mean, uh, I would hope um, so that that's what should happen when you so that that applies to whether even if you're in a if you have a wet dream, for instance, that you still had that emission and you still are considered unclean and you still need to wash your body and be considered unclean until evening. Verse 17, and any garment and any leather on which there is semen, it shall be washed with water and be unclean until evening. So that's pretty uh, self-explanatory if someone drops a load, so to speak, on something, then um, that thing that got the wet is considered unclean until evening. Um, but one thing that's not real clear is why, it, since all those bodily fluids are considered unclean, why would the Lord create people um, to make them, to produce them, to ejaculate them? And it's not just that sexually. Women's um, monthly period fluids are also considered unclean. But then, again, why would the Lord make that a process that people... Uh, have then if it's considered so unclean, so offensive. And to me, the answer would be that a lot of these things are religious dogmas set up by religion and not necessarily at all uh, what the Lord God Almighty would have us um, know or do or abide by. But it is here. That's why we're reading it. Verse 18. Also, when a woman lies with a man and there is an emission, an emission of semen, they shall bathe in water and be unclean until evening. So it's talking about if when people have sex, when straight people have sex, it's considered unclean. Although you wouldn't know that in modern times in America and throughout the world because 
the ones that get demonized, generally speaking, are the LGBT people. And uh, just for being, whether you're having sex or not, whether you're actively involved or not, whether you're out or not, you're considered an abomination and unclean and all those things. And people overlook all of this right here where it says a man and a woman. That's straight people. And that's them doing what um, they say comes naturally. So if it comes naturally and it's what the way of the world, why in the world is religion calling it unclean when it happens? Don't know, but it's what it says. That's why we're reading it. So it says that is unclean and um, that you're unclean until evening when you do it and you should bathe when it happens, which I would hope that would be really good advice. If you're rolling around in the sack, please take a shower, please bathe um, for everyone. Say wash that off. Verse 19, if a woman has a discharge and the discharge from her body is blood, she shall be set apart seven days and whoever touches her shall be unclean until evening. So again, with the Bible thumpers around the world, if you believe that you're supposed to be abiding by every single ordinance from Genesis to Revelation, why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you separating the women uh, every time they're on their periods? Because that's what it's talking about, your menstrual period. Uh, but there could be other discharges also that women have, just like men can have, males can have other discharges besides semen. Uh, but it's saying specifically, uh, or well, it's saying in this case, women, uh, when they have a discharge and it's blood, that that's also considered unclean. And unlike the men, the woman has to be separated, set apart, socially distanced, isolated for seven days. That's not what it said for the men, but it is what the case is for the women. And it says, if you even touch her, you're considered unclean also. So if America is so God-fearing and a Christian nation, why does America keep falling away from all these different commandments that the Old Testament calls for and ignores the things Jesus calls for? You could see an example of that again and again and again. One would be when uh, Colin Kaepernick was protesting the uh, murder of black people by the governmental system known as law enforcement happening again and again and again. He lost his job and can't hasn't gotten another one with the league since then a league that has no black owners by the way uh has plenty of black players but zero black owners um he's been blacklisted from that for lack of a better word um since he did that and that's been years now yet you'll see other people i won't name names there who will go out and pretend to be pious and holy and righteous and go and take a knee before a game so that everyone can see it that's the opposite of what Jesus tells you to do. You see it happening again now with another coach who lost his job doing the same thing, going out in the field and taking a knee to pray and having the players all recognize and um, observe the prayer also. All anti-Christ because Christ tells you not to do that. Christ tells us very plainly that prayer should be something between us and God alone in a secret place. Close the door behind you and not letting your left hand know what your right hand is doing. It should be that secret and that private when you pray, when we pray to God, not some public display, not some theater, because that's all it is. And Jesus lets you know when you do that, the reward, only reward you're going to get is from the people who are around you. That's your reward. God's not going to, in other words, God's not going to accept that as holy and righteous. Anyone can see it's theater. And Jesus lets us know that clearly. And yet again, America again and again ignores all of that in favor of hatred 
and uh, nonsense, racism and that kind of mess and pretends to be righteous, pretends to be God fearing, pretends to be, pretends to be a Christian nation uh, while ignoring all of those things. Um, verse 20, everything that she lies on during her impurity shall be unclean. Also, everything that she sits on shall be unclean. So not only is the woman unclean for the seven days, unlike the men, um, but also everything she lies on and touches also becomes unclean just by her touching it. That's the same as with the males. Um, that even if she sits on it, it's unclean. And you know, people aren't abiding by that in modern times, in America anyway, at all. Verse 21, whoever touches her bed shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until evening. So even in coming in contact with her bed, just like in coming in contact with the man's bed, who's had a discharge of one kind or the other, it's considered unclean to even come in contact with it, touch it, and you have to bathe and be unclean until evening. Verse 22, and whoever touches anything that she sat on shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until evening. So again, coming in contact with it is enough to make, to make, to be considered also unclean and to have, in other words, to have offended the religion in that sense. And generally when you do that, there's a citation and you have to pay it. And it's not like you're paying in cash money like uh, now, but you pay with Whatever that sacrifice requires, whether it's animals or birds or whatever, flower, whatever the case may be. Verse 23, if anything is on her bed or anything on which she sits, uh, when he touches it, he shall be unclean until evening. So even coming in contact with, say, the pillows on the bed or whatever else may be on the bed that the person who is unclean from those discharges, in this case, it's talking about females, um, that also makes them unclean for coming in contact with it. Verse 24, and if any man lies with her at all, so that her impurity is on him, he shall be unclean seven days, and every bed on which he lies shall be unclean. So that's now where the male becomes unclean for seven days from coming in contact with the woman, not for his own bodily discharges and stuff. Although there's, you know, the seven day waits for those two, but uh, for some of them. Um, but if he comes in contact with a woman who's unclean from her discharge or monthly period or whatever it may be of blood, that he also becomes unclean and has to wait those seven days. And um, it says her impurity is on him. Verse 25, if a woman has a discharge of blood for many days other than at the time of her customary impurity, or if it runs beyond her usual time of impurity, all the days of her unclean discharge shall be as the days of her customary impurity. She shall be unclean. So it's saying even if a woman has, say, like a, a, a female problem that's causing her to continually bleed beyond her monthly period, say like some sort of cancer or a miscarriage or a, whatever the case may be that's causing her to bleed as if she were still on her period is what it's talking about. It's going to be treated, it's to be treated the same way as if it was her period and it's considered unclean and she has to do the same things uh, as it was, as if she were on her period. Verse 26, and that's being considered unclean. Verse 26, every bed on which she lies all the days of her discharge shall be to her as the bed of her impurity. 
and whatever she sits on shall be unclean and the uncleanness as the uncleanness of her impurity so um her bed sheets her the chairs she sits on her clothes all of that's considered unclean during her monthly period or if she's like the woman that's what i was trying to think of um like the woman in the new testament who had the issue of blood as it's called and she couldn't stop her bleeding and she'd been to many physicians and couldn't uh wasn't healed by any but like i said rather grew worse and worse and worse and she knew in herself that if she could just touch the hem of jesus's garment she would be healed um i think this is that point this is that points to why this points to why she did that because she knows she's unclean and you know by religious standards and community standards and not permitted to touch anyone um because that would make them unclean so that's why i believe she only touched the hem of his garments because she knows that uncleanness is considered contagious religiously or you know by this dogma so she knows that the best she can do the closest she can come without offending in the religion is to just touch the hem of his garment and she knew that that would be enough to heal her and she it turned out she was right and jesus said it was her faith that saved her her faith has made her well when she did that so i i think that's another reason why we read these uh old testament readings on mondays and wednesdays because it helps clarify some of the reasons like i said before why we should focus on as christian christians the events of the gospels and what jesus actually had to say and the things that the people who came in contact with jesus were dealing with the dogma and religion and stigmas that were surrounding them including that social distancing cuz remember she is the only one that came that jesus came in contact with who had that whole uncleanliness issue there was the leper who also was considered unclean um there were foreigners like the centurion who needed help and uh i don't think that was considered all that kosher either and yet jesus extended compassion help mercy and healing to each of them uh that's the real lesson i believe we as christians should take away from it uh that you can read in the old testament the dogma and religious Sometimes it seems like nonsense set up that people have to try and toe the line for and then you have the option of doing what Jesus says taking on his yoke cuz his yoke his yoke is easy and his burden is light and it's not having to abide by any of this uh, verse 27 whoever touches those things shall be unclean he shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until evening so um again just making physical contact with the articles that the unclean woman has come in contact with makes the person who touched it unclean also so you have to do the same ritual of bathing and washing and being unclean until evening verse 28 but if she's cleansed of her discharge then she shall count for herself 7 days and after that she shall be clean so uh, so it's not enough that a woman has to deal with a female has to deal with a period and i say female and separate from woman because it's it's two different things just like a woman and a lady are two different things they both may be females but they're both not the same they're not both the same thing so neither is a woman and a female the same thing that's why i, I keep slipping but catching myself or trying to so it's time out um imagine what a female has to deal with you have to deal with the bleeding in the first place and dealing with that every single month of your life and that's in a normal situation not that's aside from diseases and other processes that cause you to bleed continually or for longer periods 
or not at all and having to deal with that. You have to deal with that for however many days that happens every single month of your life until menopause. But then after that, you have to count seven more days after that that you're considered still unclean. Um, That's a lot. And it's not heaped on males, but it's a patriarchal document other than, like I said before, the things that Jesus says, Jesus's teachings, those red letters are about the only part of the Bible that are not patriarchal, where Jesus actually balances the scales between male and female and sets the onus on both to be righteous, not just piling it all on women and giving all the attention and glory to men. Jesus doesn't do that at all, but much of the rest, almost all of the rest of the Bible, but for sure, the Old Testament puts it all on the women and sort of gives the males a whole lot of leeway to pretty much do what they want. But um, it's letting us know here that that's what's considered unclean for the woman uh, and how long she has to wait to be considered clean. Verse 29, and on the eighth day, she shall take for herself two turtle doves or two young pigeons and bring them to the priest to the door of the tabernacle meeting. So once her period is over and that period after her period has passed those seven days, that eighth day, she has to go into her pocket, into her purse and break off the religion with these two young pigeons or turtle doves to uh, make atonement for her naturally occurring uh, menstrual cycle. So again, it sounds a whole lot like a business, like it's really just setting up the, a religious business for the priests who run it to stay fat, to stay satisfied and to never go hungry. Uh, presumably that's because they're um, issuing out um, um, knowledge to people to draw people closer to God. But we know that's not the case of religion in general at all. It's the umbrella they use, but go from church to church in the United States and you may be hard pressed to hear churches at least even you don't even have to go from church to church turn on your TV to these televangelists and see how much they time how much time they spend in an hour if they're call themselves Christian televangelists see how much time they spend in an hour focusing on what Jesus has to say and then compare that to the rest of the hour probably 95% of the rest of the hour of how much they focus on everything else, whether it's uh, other parts of the Bible or their own feelings about things, their opinions about things, or in, some, in many cases, just nonsense. See how many, how much of the time they actually spend on that. And you'll see why it's important if you're a Christian to focus on what Jesus has to say, because there's a whole lot of other mess out there to distract you. Uh, verse 30, then the priest shall offer the one as a sin offering, another as a burnt offering, and the priest shall make atonement for her before the Lord for the discharge of her uncleanness. So once again, like I said before, when it says burnt offering, that doesn't mean it necessarily gets burnt to a crisp all the way to ashes. It just means that it gets put to fire. And when it gets put to fire, that could be an oven to get cooked and eaten or a grate to be barbecued and roasted and eaten. And because we've read already um, that only a memorial portion is what's dedicated um, to the Lord, quote unquote, and the rest is the priests. So whether it's birds or goats or cows or lambs, 
whatever the case may be, there's a good chance that only part of this is going to that religious ceremony and ritual and the rest is fattening up the the priest, the religion that's told you you need to offer it. And so you can imagine what what women would have to go through every single month. They have to show up at the at the at the I'll say church, but it's not a church. It's a the tabernacle meeting at this point of the narrative. They have to show up every single month. Every single woman who has their normal menstrual cycle has to show up with this offering every single month and be considered also be considered unclean, even though they're the ones faithfully showing up with offerings. Does that sound like something the Lord God Almighty would set up? It's what's here. So it's why we're reading it. Verse 31. Thus you shall separate the children of Israel from their uncleanness, lest they die in their uncleanness when they defile my tabernacle that is among them. So it's saying that that's the reason that all the that the unclean, clean and unclean is to be declared so that they don't spread the uh, uncleanness to the place where the religion is set up, the tabernacle. And in that sense, it's a very it's a very good idea, especially considering all the blood that keeps getting being brought up, whether it's human blood or the animal blood that gets sprinkled on stuff or touched it or get people get anointed with it or dabbed with it. When you consider all of that stuff, you can imagine how quickly a whole society would be super infectious, um, especially in modern times, if you're doing all these things. But again, there are Bible thumpers in the world especially in America, who say you're supposed to be abiding by everything from Genesis to Revelation. So if they say that and really believe that, why aren't they doing this? Verse 32, that's because they're hypocrites. Verse 32, this is the law for one who has a discharge and for him who emits semen and is unclean thereby. So uh, it's saying this is what's set up. This is the law, the regulations. And remember, they're the law enforcement that if they catch you doing it, you have to break them off. If they know you're doing it, like with your monthly period, you have to break them off. You have to bring something to them. You have to pay them. It's basically paying for your salvation, paying for your righteousness. It, for something you have no control over, something you're born with. And yet, it's what it's saying that you have to do. And it's whether you're emitting semen as a male, or whether you're bleeding, or your customary... Um, period or another discharge because women have discharges too during sex or you know self-pleasuring that that's also considered unclean and um you have to break them off you have to make atonement for it and the one part that does make sense is that you don't want to be coming in contact with those bodily fluids especially semen and other stuff like that and having that on on surfaces all around everywhere because that would be highly infectious highly uh uh, unhygienic, it'd be filthy. So in that sense, it makes perfect sense that people should be clean, bathe, wash themselves and be considered unclean, uh, but not religiously. It just makes sense hygienically to wash if you have any of those emissions and not go around touching everything and coming in contact with everything because you be, might be spreading something, something unsavory. Verse 33, and for her who is indisposed because of our customary impurity and for one who has a discharge either man or woman and for him who lies with her who is unclean so it's saying this is what's um required this is the law and they have the law enforcement this is what you have to do if you break those laws if you 
And that's even if you have no choice in the law, because it's your body's natural occurring cycle, that that's still what you have to do. And you're still considered impure. You're still considered unclean. And you still have to make that offering. Um, And that's according to the religion, according to what we just read. And still be considered unclean if you come in contact with any of those. And in that uncleanliness, uncleanliness, uncleanness, excuse me, you still have to break them off. You have to come up with the offering that's required of you to make yourself ritually clean again, even if you had no choice in the matter. It's just the way the religion and is set up here. And um, that actually is the last verse of this chapter. So we'll end that read this reading here. As always, I appreciate you joining me and reading along with me. If you're interested in past readings, you can hear them here on Anchor or Spotify while they're available here. Or if you're an adult, you can hear the readings of the red letter readings of what Jesus actually had to say on my platform on HungTGirl.com. Click on the links. Body, mind, spirit, and soul will let you know all about me or what I can let you know about me on there. And uh, click on the pictures. They're actually free videos. And get to know me and maybe some of your friends and me. Uh, through those. And join me again. We read the Old Testament on Mondays and Wednesdays and focus on the red letters of what Jesus had to say on our Saturday readings. In the meantime, stay safe. And even after that, stay safe. God bless you. And thanks again. Peace be with you. See you then.